Welcome home to Sycamore Baptist Church. Today's message is entitled, Feeling Powerless. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you felt powerless? Maybe that moment is right now. Maybe you have already been going through something this year that has rendered you feeling powerless, that you cannot help yourself, and you've tried everything that you can to rescue yourself from the situation, but to no avail. And many probably in this world right now feel powerless when we talk about COVID-19 and a viral pandemic. There's, what can we do? Well, we're, we're doing what we can do, and that is quarantining and staying in the house and, and you know, uh, trying not to get out and limiting our, uh, our, you know, our social distancing thing is going on with six feet away from people. And, but that's what we can do. And, and yet the numbers continue, the numbers of infection of those infected continue to rise. And so maybe there's many people today that feel powerless. Well, I want you to listen really carefully to what God has to say to us today. And I'll be reading out of the book of John. John chapter 5. We're going to go through verses 1 through 9. John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. Read along with me in God's absolute truth. After this... There was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred the water. Whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was healed, whatever disease he had. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. At once, the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. Pray with me. Father, I love you so much. God, I am so thankful to be able to stand here and preach your absolute truth, your word. God, I know that many are going to be listening and watching. And God, I pray with all my heart that they heed your word your truth, which is timeless. It was, it was timeless. Yesterday it was true. Today it's true. And tomorrow it will always be true. God, we can, we can bank on it. We can stand on Your Word. We can worship You because of Your promises found in Your Word. God, I don't know everybody's psyche and, and everybody's emotional state and what we all are going through. I just know what I'm going through, God. God, I know this is a very trying time for me. You're, you're pushing me out and asking more of me in different ways that I've never had to do before. And God, I praise you for it. It's challenging, but God, it's also rewarding. God, help your children to reach out, to shine forth your light in this world, Lord, please. And God, if there's anybody 
Anybody that hears this message today and has never accepted your son, Jesus Christ, Jesus, save them today. May they reach out to you. May they, may they confess and repent of their sins and grab hold of you forevermore. God, be with me. This is not about me. This has nothing to do with me. God, this is all about you. And we just want to worship you and praise you and bring you glory. And so, God, I just want to, I just want to do that right now. Help me, Lord. God, you just take me and you just use me as your vessel. I love you and I praise you in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So let's go. The first thing I want you to see in this truth, and, and I've been basking in this word for, for weeks now. Verse 5 is what I want you to look at right now. In verse 5, we see a powerless man. A powerless man. Verse 5 says, One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. 38 years. Now, the Scripture doesn't give us a clear indication of what his condition actually was. Uh, this man could have been blind. He could have been lame, paralyzed, or maybe something else was going on physically with his body. We don't know. What we do know is that for almost 40 years of his life, he's been an invalid. He's been in this condition. Now, the word invalid means to be weak, feeble, without strength powerless. So what's the point? This man was powerless to help himself. He was completely powerless to do anything to change his current condition. He was weak, feeble, powerless, just laying there beside the pool of water, the pool of Bethesda. Now, why was he there? We understand that this man was laying beside a pool of water hoping and waiting for those waters to stir. He believed that if he could be that he would be healed if he could just get to the waters like as soon as the waters began to ripple, if he could just get down to the waters first and and get into that pool then he would be healed of his infirmity. Just be the first one in the pool. That's all. That's all. See the waters stir, be the first one in the pool. And now look at verse 7. The sick man answered Jesus, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. See, think about this. I asked you this question just a moment ago. Have you ever felt completely helpless? Powerless? Here's a man that felt completely helpless. Felt completely powerless. You ever felt like that? Like nothing's ever going to change? Like each time you try, you make an effort, you just get knocked back down again? You ever felt like no one even sees you? No one even knows what you're going through? Or worse yet, they don't even care. Here's a man feeling just like you. Feeling helpless. Feeling powerless. He looks to Jesus. And he says basically to Jesus, Sir, I've been here at this pool. I've been waiting and I've been watching that water. I've been looking at the surface. And I see a ripple, sir. I see it. But as soon as I see the ripple, I begin to crawl my way to the waters. And it never fails. Sir, it never fails. 
Someone always gets there first. Look around, sir. I have no one to help me. I have no one to help me get to the pool of water that could change my life. I can't get there fast enough. Someone's always getting there before me. And there's no one around to help. Have you ever felt like that? I believe many have. I believe there's times in my life, I'm honest, if I'm honest, and I want to be honest, that I have. I, I've been in some dark places in my life in the past where I wasn't clinically um, diagnosed with depression, but I know that I was depressed. Like everything else around me was good, but, but for some reason I was in a situation that I couldn't change. No matter how hard I tried, no matter what I did, no matter how tough I crawled to get my way out of that situation, still, yet, I was helpless to change it. You ever been there? Seems like when you're in that state, no one sees you. No one really even knows what you're going through. And sometimes it feels like no one even cares that you're going through it. Perhaps that's what you're feeling like. So please listen to God's word this morning. This man may have been powerless to change his situation, but then someone had come along beside him. Look at verse 6. Verse 6 reveals to us a perceptive Messiah. We saw a powerless man, but here in verse 6 we see a perceptive Messiah. Verse 6 says, when Jesus saw, when Jesus saw him lying there, can I tell you, Jesus sees us. Jesus, right now, Jesus sees you. Hear me, Jesus sees you. Right now, here was a man who'd been invalid, like we said, for 38 years. Whatever this man's infirmity, it had caused him to be weak, frail, and powerless. Not able to get up, walk, and help himself for over, for almost 40 years. And the Bible says that there were others around this pool. Verse 3 says, In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. A multitude simply means a great number. So around this pool, there was a great number of people who were in need of some sort of healing. And every one of them were looking to this pool of water. They were waiting for a ripple so they could get down there first. Can you imagine the mad dash to get to the water to be healed? It's kind of like my family on a Sunday, Sunday afternoon when we leave church and we go to a Chinese buffet. And then you get to the table and it's a mad dash to the buffet Boom! Well, imagine all these extra people and there's something seriously. It's not just a hunger in their belly. It's something serious in their body that they need healed and they desperately want it. And they're all there looking for it by the pool of Bethesda. Now, out of all these people, and this was remarkable to, remarkable to me when I read this passage and I thought about this passage, what is remarkable to me is that of all these people, remember, a great number of blind, lame, paralyzed people. Jesus saw this one man amidst a sea of people, a crowd of people. Jesus saw 
Him. Can I tell you right now, Jesus sees you right now. Individually. You're not just another number in a mass of people. You're not just one of many. You are the one He sees right now. He sees you. He sees you. He sees you the individual. Consider Psalm 33 verse 13. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man. Can I just remind you one more time? Jesus sees you right now. He sees all of us. Jesus has not turned a blind eye towards you or me. He sees us and He sees what we're going through. Jesus sees. Hebrews 4.13 And no creature is hidden from His sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. Read that again. And no creature... No creature is hidden from His sight. You're not hidden from His eyes. You're not cloaked. You're not veiled. Jesus sees you. Right now, in the message, just pause. Breathe it in. Breathe it in. Jesus sees me right now. He's not closed his eyes. He's not turned his face away. He sees me right now. Praise God. Now look at the next part of verse 6. As we follow along. Not only does Jesus see you. He knows. Jesus is a perceptive Messiah. He sees you and Jesus knows. He knows exactly what you're going through. When Jesus, verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there and what? Knew. Jesus knew that he had already been there a long time. Jesus knew that this man had already been at this pool for a very long time. Waiting, just waiting for the stir of that water. Hoping desperately that someone might help him to get into the water so he could be healed. We need to remember this morning. He sees us and He knows us. He knows what we're going through. He knows what's going on right now in my life. And listen, He knows right now what's going on in your life. He knows what has been going on. He knows what's going to go on. He knows what's happening in our lives. Consider Psalm 139 verses 1-3. through O Lord, You have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with not just some of my ways. You're acquainted with all my ways. Jesus knows everything about us. He's acquainted with all our ways. He knows everything we're walking through. He knows what you're struggling with right now. Just like he knew this man. He knew this man's past. He knew his condition. He knew how long he'd been there. Jesus knew what this man had been going through. And Jesus knows what we're going through. He knows how long you've been suffering. 
He knows how long you've been struggling. He knows all about it. Now let's just stop a moment and pause and take that in. Jesus knows. Jesus knows right now what I'm stressing over, what I'm worried about, what I'm anxious about. The issues and the problems and the struggles and the strife that I'm dealing with right now. Jesus knows. Praise God. Now let's move forward. I want you to look at this next part. Not only does Jesus see us and know us, He also cares about us. He's a compassionate Messiah. Jesus cares. He said to this man who'd been laying by this pool for a long time, who'd been invalid invalid for nearly 40 years, He says to this man, do you want to be healed? You see His compassion. You see His care. Jesus comes to this man. And I'm going to take a little liberty here. And I just want you to just just bear with me for a moment. But I I can just imagine. And I like to do this sometimes. I can just imagine as Jesus walks up to this pool. And all these people are all around the pool. All these people. And Jesus, out of all these people, sees this man. He knows what this man's going through. And He walks to this man through this sea of people. Jesus walks right up to him. Now, I don't know if Jesus just stands over him, but I kind of like to imagine that Jesus kneels down right with him, eye to eye, and Jesus says to him, looking him in the eye, says, do you want to be healed? Why did Jesus do that? Because He cared. He cared about this man. He, He cared about the suffering of this man. And let me tell you, He cares about you. He cares about me. Do you want to be healed? Consider 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. I just want to read that one more time. Casting all your anxieties on Him. Why? Because Jesus cares for you. Now I have no doubt that right now there's a lot of anxieties in our lives. But can I tell you again, Jesus cares for you. Just take a moment. Pause. Take it in. Breathe it in. Jesus sees me. Jesus knows what I'm going through. And Jesus cares about me. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to look at verse 8. It gets even better than this. In verse 8, we see this. Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And and what we're about to see is a powerful Messiah. Jesus heals. As as He looks at this man in the eyes, He says to him to to do just that. Get up. Take up your bed and walk. This man, Jesus looked at him and said, do you want to be healed? 
And the man gives him this explanation. Well, sir, I want to be healed, but I can't. There's no one here to help me. I've been looking at the water. I can't get down there first. And Jesus says, get up, take up your bed, and walk. You want to be healed? Get up, take up your bed, and walk. He's a powerful Messiah. Jesus heals. The Bible records for us right here in history that this man who's been completely powerless an invalid for 38 years, is remarkably and miraculously all of a sudden healed. Wholly and completely. A man who thought that no one saw him. A man who thought that no one knew what he had been going through. A man who thought no one even cared enough to help him. A man who thought there was little to no help left for his life to actually change, suddenly and instantaneously was completely and wholly changed by the power of Jesus Christ. Amen? Now look at verse 9. Verse 9 says, And at once the man was healed. At once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and he walked. This is how miraculously this man was healed. It says at once, and let me just give you this crazy biblical definition of what at once means. Immediately. Immediately. This man was healed at the words of Jesus. Now listen, there's not anybody on the face of this planet that is powerful like Christ. He is God. He is sovereign. He is the Messiah. And He can do all things. And at the very sound of his voice, this man was healed. Get up. Take up your bed and walk. And the Bible says, at once, he was healed. This same Jesus who healed this man over 2,000 years ago can bring healing into your life today, right now, at this very second. Now, I don't know. Listen. Listen, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how long you've been walking through it. I have no idea what your pain and your struggle and your strife is unless we've sat down one-on-one and we've talked and you've shared your burden with me and we've joined in prayer. I don't know. But I know the One who does. And I know the One who can change it all for you. And He is Jesus Christ. Can I just tell you this? Maybe some of you have been praying for healing. Physical healing. Maybe you've been praying for COVID-19 to be at an end. And I have too. I hope we all are. But I'm going to give you the greatest healing that this world needs. It's not. Listen. It's not a physical healing. It's a spiritual healing. The greatest need for America, the greatest need for the world is a spiritual healing, not a physical one. The Bible tells us that we are all broken. That all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all messed up. We've all sinned. We've all disobeyed God. We've all lied. We've all cheated. We all put other idols and other things before God. We served money. We served our vanity and our pride. We, we've done things our way. We're all broken people. We're people who have sinned 
Because we are sinners. Sin is not what we do. It is who we already are. We're born into sin. Some people have a problem with that, but the bottom line is in Genesis, Adam and Eve broke the commandment of God. They ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when they did, sin entered all of creation, all of the world, and into humanity. And so we're born sinners. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us. Even just one lie. Even just one time I've disobeyed my parents or my guardians. Even just one time that I cheated on a test. It is enough to forever, eternally keep me out of the gates of heaven. But Jesus saw you within that multitude of people. He saw you before He ever went to that cross. He saw you and went to the cross for you and for me. The Bible says in the most popular and famous verse, for God so loved the world that what? God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. See, that's God's plan for you. He, he wants you to reach out to His Son, Jesus Christ, and, and receive Him as your Savior and Lord so that you can have a relationship with Him so that you can live eternally in heaven and not eternally separated from God in a real place called hell. It's not popular, but it's true. And God doesn't send us there. We choose it. When we deny and reject Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, we have chosen hell for our eternal destination. That's why the Bible says that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish. God says, I don't want you to perish. It wasn't, hell was not intended for you. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you. But you've got to accept Jesus Christ your Savior and Lord to go there. See, Jesus chose to come down from heaven. Step off His throne that is rightfully His and always will be His. He is King. He is Lord. He is God. Yet He stepped down and He came to live in a messed up world. The world we've messed up. In a world filled with sin. Filled with sickness and disease. Filled with hatred and wrath. And He walked this earth and He never committed one sin. Something you and I could never do. He never disobeyed God once. Not once. He never sinned. And He died to, on a cross. And, and y'all, I'm telling you, no movie does it justice. The Bible and our imaginations don't do it justice. Jesus went to a cross and was so brutally beaten that the Bible says you couldn't recognize His facial features. Nailed to a cross. There He would pay the penalty of sin for you and for me. On that cross. It was, it was poured out on Him. And on the third day, praise God, on the third day He rose from the grave. On the third day, Jesus rose. Victory was won over sin. And the consequence of sin is death. Victory was won over sin and death. And not just a physical death, but eternal death. Victory won. But yet, you and I must choose that victory for our own lives. Yet, you and I must choose to, to confess Jesus as Lord of our life. See, 
All too often, as I look at this passage, all too often, we are waiting for some water out there, somewhere, some water to stir. And we think that that water out there is what's going to fix our problems. And I don't know what the water is you're looking at. Maybe it's more money. Maybe it's more popularity. Maybe it's, maybe it's a, a better job. Maybe it's a better location to live. Maybe it's that girl. Maybe it's that guy. Maybe it's that new car. I don't know. But whatever it is, it's the water you're looking out at and you're waiting, thinking that somehow, some way, that water out there will make a difference. It will change my life forever. But today, in this moment, the Savior is standing right beside you and He's looking you square in the eye and He's saying, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? See, Jesus is the only one who can save us. He's the only one who can change things for our lives. Not just today and not just tomorrow. But to change everything for all of eternity. For us. We need to stop looking at that out there. And turn our eyes upon Jesus. We need to look full. In His wonderful face. And yes, the things of this earth will go strangely dim. In the light of His glory. and the light of His grace. You need to turn your eyes upon Jesus. I need to keep my eyes on Jesus. The Bible says this. And listen to this. And I'm about to wrap it up. The Bible says, if we would confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified. And with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Confess with your mouth. Jesus, you're Lord. You're, you're, you are Lord. And you're Lord of my... I want you to be Lord of my life. Believe in your heart that God did what He said He did. Jesus lived. He died for my sins. And He rose to save me. Hear me. Please accept Jesus Christ. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord today. Stop looking at some mystical waters out there, whatever it is. Stop waiting for it to stir. Stop waiting for that next moment. If you can just get there, if I can just do that. But someone seems to always get there first. And for some reason, I'm just stuck in this rut. Let me tell you, stop looking at that and start looking at Jesus. Stop seeking the things of this world to save you and fix you. Start looking to Jesus. Thank you for joining us. We pray you enjoy today's message from God's Word. For more information about us and our church, please visit us at www.sycamorebc.com.